Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. I love Advent calendars and the anticipation, and it was great. Pastor Mike kicked us off last week just reminding us that our habits really influence who we become, and how we carry out love is actually putting it into action. It's an important step in actually being a follower of Jesus in this family and anticipating what is to come and also what he's done. And today we are going to talk about peace because peace is something you talk about at Christmas time. Yes, you see these words somewhere. You see the words, the beautiful words. Again, many volunteer hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, who put up those pretty words on our shield, not windshields, their windows. That's what they are. And and the words of, of peace, the words of what God has done, and we declare it in Christmas carols. I love it. You can actually stand and sing Christmas carols, and people will sing along with you. Like they did, we did Block 50. Again, volunteers came out. We made a little choir and sung Christmas carols in Leduc here, and we got to declare that Jesus has come, and it is good news. I just think it is such an awesome time of the year. And to remember that peace is our inheritance. As children of God, peace is our inheritance. Jesus says in, in John's gospel, we read about Jesus in his life. And he declares, he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives I give to you. And he gives us this peace as an inheritance. And the Amplified Version actually says this same scripture of John 14, 27. It says, Jesus' words again, peace I leave with you. My own peace I, I bequeath now give and bequeath to you. Bequeath is such a fun word to say and a really difficult word to spell. Try it. It really is. Bequeath. Say bequeath. Bequeath, yes, he's bequeathing something. So if, if you're to bequeath something to someone, you're actually in your will saying, what I possess, I am going to hand down or give to you. And so Jesus had something that he thought we might need and something we might need most while we're here. And that was his peace. He said, I am going to give you this peace that I possessed so that you can have it. Just like an inheritance from, from, you know, your grandparents or your parents. It's like they want you to have it to be able to set you up to do well in life. And that's what Jesus is doing. I know you're going to need this. There's this quote. I thought it was so great by Matthew Henry. It says, when Christ died, he left a will in which he gave his soul to his father his body to Joseph of Arimathea, his clothes to the soldiers, and his mother to John. But to his disciples, who had left all to follow him, he left not silver or gold, but something far better, his peace. The prince of peace came to earth. Just like we read on, on the windows out there, the prince of peace, that's who came. In Isaiah it says, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and his name shall be called the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. He is the one who came to bring peace on this earth. And 
at the end of that scripture, it says, and the greatness of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So that's great news for us because there is peace that won't end. And peace was the gift of Christ that came, but there's also a promise that is continuing, that is yet to come. And I think the Bible is so credibly incredible in the fact that Isaiah, who lived almost 800 years before Jesus even stepped on the planet or came down to the planet, that he spoke these words that God downloaded into his brain, he wrote them down, and he said, this child is going to be born at this virgin birth. He even talks about Jesus' death on the cross and pieces of his story, and it's like, it all came true. Like, that is impossible, really, like, even if God told, you know, your great-great-great-grandmother that, you know, December 12th, 2021, that you would be wearing red shoes and blue jeans, and, you know, like, that is impossible, and yet, that's what happens in the Bible. Again and again, these prophecies that are spoken are then fulfilled, which is amazing because there's still more promises, which is why we got to dig in and actually read and know those promises so that we know that there is still yet to come a peace without end. Does anyone know the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Again, those who sung with me, shivered with me at the block 50, so great. We declared, you know, God and sinners reconciled and how the peace has come, peace on earth goodwill to men, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And those, those words were penned as a poem by, by Charles Wesley in 1739. And he was, he was trying to piece together even this verse from Luke 2 that says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. He was trying to encourage the body of Christ at that time that this is what God has done through his great mercy. He has brought peace on earth so that God and sinner could be reconciled. The greatest gap or the greatest discrepancy in all humanity is that between human and God. And yet Christ now came to be able to close that gap and say that now we are reconciled no matter who we are or who we, who we are now or who we were, what we've done, God and sinners now reconciled. And reconciliation in the Greek, it actually literally means to change completely. I am a new person because of what Christ has done. And to be reconciled means to restore a relationship to resolve differences, to bring harmony to two parties. Wow, God and man now brought into right relationship, brought into to harmony with one another. And that wasn't something that we could accomplish. Really, in the Old Testament, we tried. God tried, here, try this law, try this, try this. And it's like, I just got to send my son. He's the only way that there's going to be a reconciliation for all. Christ came to do this. In Colossians 2, 19 to 20, it says, for God was pleased in all his fullness 
to have all his fullness dwell in him. So him is Jesus. God put his full self into Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So that's what he accomplished through his death on the cross. And that is the capital P, peace, that I want to talk about. And that is the peace we find in Christ. Now, I have a couple other pieces that sometimes we associate with Jesus and the whole reason he came. And this might bother you a bit, might annoy you, or make you think a little bit harder about the kind of peace that God actually was intending by sending his son. And these two pieces, the first is political peace or international or economic peace. You know, when the beauty pageant girl contestant stands up and says, you know, what do you want? It's a world peace. It's a lovely utopian dream. And I believe that eternity has been placed in the heart of men and women. And that's why we have a desire for something that is greater, that is, that is completely peace-filled, that we don't have any of the wars that we see. But Jesus actually didn't come to bring political peace. That wasn't the reason God sent his son. And you know, the disciples even, when Jesus came, they were like, right on, he's going to hack down those Romans. We're going to quit all oppression and we're going to be able to now defeat the enemies. We're going to be ruling. It's going, there's going to be peace. But that didn't happen. It was pretty disappointing for the disciples. And Jesus even said, he's like, in Luke 21, you know, not long after the, that his amazing birth happened, 21 chapters um, into Luke, it says, then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilence in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. And there are still physical wars happening. You know, if the goal of Jesus coming was political peace, then it's not working out. He's not doing a very good job, and we need to maybe have a, have a redoozy because it's not happening. Our economy isn't rock solid. The international relations aren't, like, just primed and awesome. The, our political system isn't, we're not experiencing that now, and there's been over 2,000 years of bloodshed. So that's not the reason that he came. And right now in our culture, the biggest, the biggest battle we have is actually against an invisible opponent. Isn't that true? It's like there's so much that we, we, don't eat, we can't even hold on to. And it's just this ethereal world of what's being built. I love what John Mark Homer says in his book, Live No Lies. He says, ditch your mental images of Saving Private Ryan or the Lord of the Rings. Instead, programming bots and algorithms based on data harvested from Facebook, Google, and the corporate cadres of surveillance capitalism. Fake news and grossly biased journalism. There's so much at battle for, for our peace, and it's this, this, oh, there's a truth versus the truth. You know, there's the truth that brings freedom, and there's a truth 
that brings great bondage. And so much of what's happening in our, in our wars against each other or our wars against ourselves even is because of that underworking of this, oh, kind of, these lies really of the enemy. And we want to be set free into his peace. Now there's another little P, peace, that Jesus didn't exclusively come to bring. Because often we think, well, if there's wars happening all around me, Jesus at least can give me internal and spiritual peace. Well, I would also argue that none of us live with this zen all the time. Even if you've said yes to Jesus, you've been reconciled to him, we still are just these back and forth, humans, flesh, spirit, all the time. And so, again, if Jesus came only to give you an internal or spiritual peace, it's not, it's not fully fulfilled yet. And in, in Luke's gospel, again, it says, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Great Christmas message right there. I was just singing about peace on earth. This is not, this is really contradictory. Feels like that in the Bible sometimes. But what Jesus is saying here in the, the future, or, or the further on in this scripture, he's saying that brother will be against father and son um, and daughter against mother. And there's going to be this tension of division. And the truth is, is when Jesus when you encounter Christ and you're reconciled to God, there are certain things that now there is a the truth instead of an a truth. And so some things actually have to be hacked off of your life. There are things that you have to divide from. And I'm not saying, and Jesus is not saying that I came to divide your family, but there's things in your heart that now you will have a separation because they don't have a revelation or an experience of reconciliation with God. When you have reconciliation with God or peace with God, there is a difference in, in how you live your life and how you operate and how you respond and how you activate and become a peacemaker or a, a peace experiencer. It's because of this reconciliation with Christ. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the promise of Jesus is if you do decide to say yes to following Christ, that there's going to be some disturbance in your life. There's going to be things that you can't just go along with because you've actually been set apart. You've actually been called out, reconciled to peace with the maker and creator of the world. So now we're going to live differently. There's going to be a new story that's going to come through your life because you have capital P, peace. So to recap, Jesus came to bring peace on earth, but it wasn't to stop all wars, you know, to make the government do what they're supposed to be doing according to me and me and me and me. It's, and it's not just to 
be okay with, you know, your kid having a temper tantrum in the middle of Walmart. It's like, I can have peace. It's not just so that you can have peace when your boss says, I really don't like that marketing strategy. You have to change it all. You have two days. And it's like, that's impossible if I'm going to sleep or drink or anything. And so you can, you can, yes, deal with anxiety better because of Jesus being with you. But that wasn't the whole reason he came. He knew that we had to be reconciled, put in right relationship, restored into harmony with the living God because he is the one that promises peace without end, a great government and peace with no end. He is the promise of that. And that's what we have to trust in and know and believe that he has come for that kind of peace. Oh, God is so good. His word is good. My peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. This is the capital P, peace. It is a true peace. In, in Luke's gospel as well, or in John's gospel, there is Zechariah, who was John the Baptist's father. And he actually declared that Jesus would come and he would guide our feet in the path of peace. It's a, it's a real place. It's a real person. It's something that's, that's actually tangible and real because of Christ and him encountering our earth. It's not a partial little pea piece. It's, it's not fleeting and circumstantial. You know, even the world can experience little pea peace without Jesus, without Christ. You know, you get the right things happening. You know, it's like the angle of my lawn chair and proximity of my body to the sun and the type and temperature of the drink in my hand and the, the location that I'm currently sitting in. It's like, I can have peace. If all the boxes are checked, I can have peace. But this is a peace that you can have because of what Christ has done. He's come to this earth. And so now we are reconciled to him, put in right relationship with him, restored for a peace without end because of what God has done. He is a tangible gift. I brought a tangible gift today. You probably noticed it. It's a, it's a bubbly bliss, you know, bubble bliss for the toes. For the Tootsies, it'll be so nice. I'm so excited to open it up. But this is one of those like re-gifter, shifter-gifter ones. So, you know, a friend of a friend received this gift. And of course, it's like, yes, that's awesome. I'm going to use it all the time. It's going to be so great. Sat in her closet for a long time and gave it to my friend. My friend was like, oh, that's so generous of you. I'm going to use it all the time. It's going to be great. Which also sat in her closet for, I think, almost a year. And then we were at her house. She's so generous. And she's like do you want to take this? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want it in my house, but my kids, my Jaden's behind the camera. I told her I wouldn't move too much. I'm doing good. I feel like I've been, I've been, mm, she gives me a, uh, okay. I'll try. Anyway, so my girls were like, yes, I should, we should get this. I'm like, awesome. Let's get it. It's going to be great. I'll use it over Christmas season. Put the toes in there. Watch my favorite Hallmark movie. It's going to be magical, peaceful moment, right? It's going to be great. Well, we have, I mean, we just got it, so I haven't taken it out of the box yet. But the truth is, is that's like any gift, any inheritance, anything that's given to us. If we don't take it out of the box, if we don't actually open it up and use it, it's useless. It actually does nothing for us. And that is what happens oftentimes when we, re, when we forget this peace 
that we've been given, that we've been given to live in, to accept, and to, to utilize this inheritance. The Prince of Peace was given as a gift, as, as an inheritance to us. He said, this peace I'm going to bequeath to you. So now you got to use it. You got to make use of this, this relationship I've restored. Make use of that connection you have with Christ. Make use of that now standing in confidence before God. Seek peace and pursue it. He is a person. Seek Christ, pursue him, and all these things will be given to you. It is so good. And something that I thought was so powerful is to remember that he came in a physical body. And that means if you have pain in your body and struggle in your body, he came to reconcile a physical body to himself. He wants you restored in every way. That is body, soul, mind, spirit. That's, that's the whole deal. He came as the whole deal so that your whole deal could be now reconciled to him, which is so, so powerful. Colossians 2, 19 to 20 again, for God was pleased to have all this fullness dwell in Christ so that his fullness now through him to reconcile to himself us, all things, heaven and earth, all things by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. His peace he leaves with us. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. He doesn't give, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I ask myself, it's like, what does Christ give you um, that the world can't? The world can't give you peace with God. They can't. Like, you can try and be good and do all the right things. You can't actually achieve peace with God. It is only through the blood of Christ that we have peace with God. He is so good. And this gift is awesome because it actually doesn't wear out. It doesn't become obsolete. It wasn't like so last year. I remember Tickle Me Elmo. Anybody remember that? I was, it was like years ago, but still it was like, whoa, what happened? I never got one. Anybody get one? Oh, no? Okay. See? Wasn't that big of a fad, obviously. <laughs> Well, today, I believe that there are two types of people in this room when it comes to this gift of peace, this inheritance. Number one would be those who have not chosen to accept this gift. And whether it's because you never knew that there was a gift for you. You know, you walked into the house and there was this giant Christmas tree and there's a whole bunch of boxes underneath, which is so exciting. Who hunts for their name or used to? Yes? Yes. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm like, oh, the big one. It has my name on it. Oh, and my grandma's used to be the best. I loved it. Well, and the truth is, is that each one of you in this room and those watching online, each one of you, there is a gift with your name on it. And it's a big one. Oh, it's a big one. And it is so valuable. It is not just a, a subject of peace, but it's an object of peace that you can now tangibly have in your life and have restored relationship with Christ. It is not useless or impractical like whatever you would say is useless and impractical. I mean, neckties, they're kind of gone unless it's a skinny one, but you know, the big ones with Christmas bells on it. It's like, I don't need this, don't want it. It's useless and impractical. The gift of peace is not useless or impractical. It is so, so useful and valuable. And maybe you just didn't know that Jesus actually came to this earth for you so that you could be reconciled to God. 
Again, that gift is there, available, and ready for you. And the second group of people, I would say, is that group that have been seen the gift. It's sitting there, sitting there, but it's not opened. It's not out of the box. You're not using it for all that, that, that God promised to, to give to you. Maybe it's, you know, in your closet. Maybe it's under your bed or on your nightstand. Do you know that the word became flesh and dwelt among us? This is the word of God. And because of it, we can be reminded of our story that is a part of this greater story of this, of this peace that has no end, that which is to come, the promises that are still true to each one of us. God's story is the story that we're meant to look into deeply. Oh, such a powerful scripture. In 1 Peter 1.12, it says that this gospel sent to you by the Holy Spirit from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Do you know that angels are like superior beings? You know they attended Jesus after he was tempted by the enemy and, and they, they were the ones who declared that Jesus was born? Angels have been around forever. They're really shiny. And I wonder if it's because they look intently into these things. They can't get enough of the gospel. They never get over it. They want to hear the story again and again and again. And I think sometimes we get over it. And we can't get over it. This story is our story. It is the gospel, the good news of Jesus, of us actually now having this, this access, this reconciliation, this restored relationship with the most powerful being in the world that will live forever. And the powerful part about our story is that it's not over yet. So we need to remember what the pieces are. We need to find those prophecies that there's good things to come. Do you know that Jesus is coming again? I mean, most of you know that. But if you don't know that, it's going to be better than Christmas. And maybe Christmas is terrible for you, but the truth is, is that even if you have a terrible past for Christmas, if it's, it leaves, you know, like pain in your heart or it has a tension associated with it, the truth is, is that you can, as a child of God, celebrate that Jesus came. So your Christmas can be the best ever because you have received a new life in Christ, what is yet now and what is yet to come. I asked myself this question when I knew I would be preaching on peace. It's like, is war necessary to have peace? Like, you know, can the glass be half full if it's not half empty? No. There, there's, this, there's this war that's required for peace. On this side of eternity, we are at battle every day. The enemy wants your peace. He wants your soul. He wants you to forget that you've actually been restored into right relationship with Christ. And if you forget, then he has a great license to make some mess in, in your life. And even if you know you've been reconciled to God, he still is, wants you. He wants to take you out of that connection with Christ. He wants to create some static, some friction, some so you can't hear and you can't receive and you can't 
experience peace and be a peacemaker as a child of God. You can't act out this peace because the enemy wants to take it out of your soul, out of, out of who you are. Ephesians 6 reminds us to put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes because our war is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers of the dark world that's trying to vie for us. And so we gotta put on that armor. And part of our armor is our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We need to know our story of peace so that we know we have right relationship with Christ. We know that we stand on his word. We know how to defeat the lies that want to tell us all sorts of things. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need his word to remember, capital P, peace. Don't get over it. This is his good news. We have the Prince of Peace. He has come. And the beauty now of being reconciled to God, and Jerry even said it in our prayer this morning as a team, it's like there's an overflow. You know, there's this big Christmas tree and all these presents and there's names for every lost person in the world under that Christmas tree. And they just need someone to invite them into their, that home and say, come to the tree, come to the cross, come to the place where Christ's blood was shed because there is a gift that you get to have, that you get to experience and walk in because he made a way. So come, come and experience, come and get to know this Jesus who I know who has reconciled me to himself. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, "There if anyone therefore if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. We did baptisms a couple week, weeks ago and we declare the old is in the tank, the new is gone. I am going to walk in a newness with Christ and all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ which we talked about and and a big fat and, A-N-D, really big letters, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are now God's ministers, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, God and sinners reconciled. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We represent Christ. We walk as representatives to say, come, there's a gift here for you. And I want you to receive this gift as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So do you have peace with God today? Many of you would probably say yes. Praise God, we are part of a family, but we still have to work it out day in, day out. And we're gonna pray together and just believe that, you know, this peace that has no end and the way that we live in that peace, the way we act out of that peace as those who would bring this message of reconciliation to others, that is how not only do we grow the family, but it's, it's how we represent Jesus to our world. 
by saying, there's a gift here for you. So why doesn't everybody stand to their feet? And you know, these, this choice of being a minister of reconciliation is one that actually changes the generations. It changes your marriage. It changes your relationship to your sister or your mother or your brother or whatever it is. The truth is, is that as now one equipped with that message and reminder that you are reconciled to your great God, that now you can live out that reconciliation. I just want to pray over each one of us right now. Those who would say that, yes, I am reconciled to God. I am a minister of reconciliation. Because we need his boldness and his reminder again and again, daily, that we have, we have him, the peace with God as we desire. So I'm just going to pray over you. God, we just thank you. We just thank you right now that you are the great reconciler. God, that you would send your son in such, such a humble way, God, in, in such a, a gracious way, in such a human way, so that you could connect in every possible way with us, so that you could bring true freedom. God, you could bring that capital P peace, that peace that is, is above all that, the, the little issues that sometimes drag us down or keep us in bondage, God, but it would be the truth that would ring true in our minds this week. God, to remind us that we are made right with you and no one can take that away, God, as we stand readied, armored, just ready for what you are going to just do through us, Jesus. We just receive again your boldness, your anointing, God confidence, not self-confidence, but real confidence knowing that we are reconciled to you and therefore can live that out. We just receive that again now, Jesus. And in this moment, we're gonna pray, pray one more prayer together. And that's a prayer for those who have not yet made peace with God. And to just declare today that I want to be made right with God. I want to know that I have peace no matter what, beyond all understanding because of what he has done for me. So you can repeat these words after me this morning. Thank you, God, for this gift, this new life that you promised. I want relationship with you. I want peace with you. Thank you for offering it to me. In this moment, I commit my life to following you, to knowing your truth, and living in peace with you forever. Amen. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.